Do you ever get tired of the same old boring news? Do you ever wish the news was very nearly funny? I know we did. Hi, I'm Gene Person. And I'm Greg Person. And that's why we created Anchor Persons. A news podcast. For people who hate the news. By people who hate the news. Every week, we lampoon the laughable thing that journalism has become. We make up facts about your home state. We break stories on the latest in food crime. We take two completely unrelated things and figure out how they're connected. And we keep you informed on the emotional weather. Find Anchor Persons on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or a completely different podcatcher that you prefer. Will you laugh? No. But will you be informed? Also no. Anchor Persons, the only news podcast hosted by persons. Subscribe today. Hold on, let's see. Where's my spam folder? I'll, I'll see what I, I'll see what I got. Um, there you go. Here we go. I got uh, A Jackson eight six eight sent me casual dates. Welcome to our most famous online dating platform. We have many local girls. <laughs> who are looking for a one night stand one hyphen night hyphen stand right. uh we also have escort girls slash female escort service browse our site no no credit card required and their site mm. is uh, as is to a uh google link so uh mm. there we go i like how this is their best dating site like that, that particular entity has multiple dating sites but they're only providing you with the number one one <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Brose, the podcast for those who drink rose. My name is Matt Casnell, and joining me as they always do are my bros in rose. On an audio feed reporting live from Belmar, New Jersey, it's Mr. Rich Sweet. Hi, everyone. And on an audio feed, reporting live from Haddon Heights, New Jersey, it's Mr. Sean O'Brien. Hi, everybody. Uh, so, real quick, first of all, how you guys doing? Good. Good. How are you? Good. Good. I'm doing all right. I, I think we need to uh, just talk about some of the listeners. Like, hey, look, we, like I said, we look at the game tape uh, when we when we do these episodes. We review our episodes. And look, I'm going to be honest, and I'm as much at fault for this as anyone else. I feel like you know, the last couple episodes have been have been good, but maybe not like A+. plus. Maybe like A, like half plus. <laughs> something I, like that. Like, I... Like, I would I would go far as maybe an A minus. <gasps> whoa, 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 whoa! Jesus, relax. Dude. I know it's a little harsh, but I'm a harsh critic on myself. But luckily, we've been doing the show now for for you know over three years, and uh, you know sometimes you know the format gets a little stale and everything like that. So I think you know it's it's high time, uh, and as a group, to, to let the listeners know that the group of us have decided to shake up things a little bit. And uh, part of that shakeup is that Tim's no longer with the show. I'm just kidding. Tim just can't make it to uh, this particular episode. Uh, he, he got called into a, a, a day job requirement. Uh, so this is not a, a format change. Or the format change is that Tim is no longer a member of the show. Uh, he just can't make it this time. Honestly, Matt, you should have just let that keep going. Like We should have just kept I, yeah. it going. And to mm-hmm. see, like... If Tim is actually able to make it to a later session, just and just not mm. even acknowledge it when he comes back, and just keep going, mm. just like, crickets the exactly, entire time. Exactly. Yeah. Or just be like Tim. I thought we had a discussion about this. Like I thought we we thought we talked. Like you don't you don't have my Discord channel password anymore. I don't understand how you got in. Uh, you know, this is a private A to B to C conversation. I appreciate if you deed your way out of it, you dick. <laughs> Look, I'm sure our fans know that there's no way we could keep this podcast going without Moneybags Tim. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only reason he's here is for his money. So he's bankrolling us. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's how he bought his way into the presidency and how he, uh, he <laughs> bought his way into maintaining his spot on the show. It's actually, we have a single Patreon subscriber and it's Tim. And that's yeah. why he shows up every week. And he's at the highest tier. It's like he he he, he funds yeah. it all, man. Yeah. Is it one, the one is just like normal patron, like, hey, $5, thanks. And the other one is Gadzillions. And it's just like, God damn it, you have to be on the show now. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the award-winning Brose podcast, available on all major podcasting platforms. Uh, as always, the premise of our show is that we answer questions from you, the audience, about life, the universe, and everything. And we do so while enjoying a delicious glass of wine or otherwise. So if you have a question that you would like us to answer on the air, you want to email that question to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. But before we get to those questions, we obviously have to talk about what we are drinking today. And of course, we are recording this on a Sunday morning. It's 1024 a.m. and you know what time it is, bitch. It's Brose Brunch. It's a brunch. It's the brunch one. Huh? <laughs> it's a brunch one. Uh, Sean, since you are the brunch one, uh, what are you drinking today? I'm drinking, uh, Neuschwanstein Castle Riesling. A nice... Riesling? Yeah, nice. It's really, really mellow. It's sweet, but not overly so. It would be a good dessert wine. I I wanted something sweet to start my day on, like, because I wasn't going to have a, um... Mimosa today. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is weird the the overlap between like breakfast and dessert. <laughs> yeah, like, how, like breakfast is supposed to be like the first meal, and it's obviously like the first meal of the day. And it's supposed to be super healthy and like, hey, get started with you know, all the essential food groups and everything like that. But like also pastries and wine, yeah. like pastries and mimosas and and sweet shit. I've yeah. I've had I've had donuts for breakfast before. Like it's just and, and it's it's accepted. Like, What's well, the traditional time to accept yeah. eat a donut too? It's not even that it's like, oh boy, I'm going to treat myself with this donut. But like there's a whole massive fast breakfast chain empire based on the idea of donuts in the morning yeah. for breakfast. Amazing. Uh, Rich, what are you drinking this morning? Uh, to stick with a little bit of a sweetness, because I, I think I bought myself a red wine, and I didn't want to drink that first. Uh, I'm mm. starting with a um, kind of wine. I'm starting with mead. I'm drinking Carol's Mead. It's a sweet honey wine. Uh. Um, and it is. I had this on Friday night. It's it's really good. I enjoy it. All right. Well, gluten free booze made from honey. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've I've uh, I've wanted to get more into the meat game, but last time I had meat, it was really bad. So it kind of turned me off for about five or six years. Um, and I was just like, you know what? Let's let's try it again. I'm drinking Kahlua and coffee. Nice, because that's always what I do. <laughs> staple, uh, because it's a staple, man. I had, I had my coffee brewed up, and I'm like, yeah, just a little drizzle of Kahlua to go in with it, and that's uh, that's the way I start off my brosé brunches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's you know, it's good, it's good, it's always good, it's never not good. So that's also <laughs> the benefit of doing the Kahlua and coffee. It's a very high floor. All right, I have in front of me the first round of questions for this episode, and again, brosequestions at gmail dot com. If you would like your question answered on the air, you guys ready? Yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Our first question is, what was your favorite Super Bowl commercial? We are recording this exactly seven days after uh, the Super Bowl where the Los Angeles Rams defeated the Cincinnati Bengals. 
and uh, there were <laughs> several hours of commercials. Uh, what do you guys? <laughs> what, did, what did you guys enjoy the most? I, honestly, I don't. I guess just did you did you guys all watch the Super Bowl? Yeah, I did. Okay. I did. I uh, I I I took in the um, the Fubo TV free week um, uh, uh, trial just so I could watch the Super Bowl, and then I canceled it immediately after. Um, and for half the Super Bowl, I was playing video games, so I did not pay attention to the commercials. Honestly, I didn't pay attention to the Super Bowl till the halftime show, till we got to see uh, Buck Fifty do his uh, upside down singing routine. <laughs> Buck Fifty. <laughs> Look, inflation, yeah. man, inflation. Oh, he, he got he got bigger. Yep. I get it. He's because he's because he put because he's forty five years old now. Yeah, and he put yeah. on some pounds. He put on some pounds. He's he's not fifty. Remember when he put on like? Remember when he had like three straight albums when he was shirtless and was just like an Adonis? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Um, yeah. But to the question, I guess just because it's the only one I've really paid attention to afterwards, I'll say the Moon Knight uh, trailer because I'm right. so excited for that series. It's going to be so good. Oscar Isaacs is a fantastic actor. Sean, what was your favorite Super Bowl commercial? Uh, that's a good question because I did watch the Super Bowl, but I don't remember any of the commercials. I just remember <laughs> there being a lot of crypto. Just a oh, lot yeah. Yeah, I got very disillusioned with the Super Bowl commercials this year because it was mostly crypto. And it also bothered me because one of the one of the funnier ones was Larry David yeah. in the crypto commercial. And like it was a nice premise, but I'm like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> The crypto stuff is stupid. Like I don't care. Like look, rich people can do whatever they want, but you don't have to drag us plebs into it. <laughs> it's like, like oh yeah, for to the moon. One of yeah. one of the commercials, one of the crypto commercials, was just a QR code. Literally, yeah, I remember thirty oh, seconds for a QR code. That one, I did. That one, that one will be my favorite because at the end, it did hit the corner of my screen. Did when it, it was oh, like nice. when it was just bouncing around like the DVD yeah, weight clutch. logo, it hit this corner of my screen right at the end, and I was like, "All right, that's huge. <laughs> it turned me on to crypto. I'm a crypto guy now. <laughs> you're, you're a crypto, crypto guy now because it was like the equivalent of the Windows logo <laughs> pinging in the corner." Yeah, I saw yeah. I saw a take. I can't remember who it was from. It might have been from one of you guys, uh, but I don't think it was. That, but it was. You want to know why I can't believe in crypto? Because real money doesn't have commercials. Mm-hmm. Well, to be, I, I've seen exactly one that I see E Trade, but also crypto is you're trying to turn people into a whole other industry mm-hmm. and manner of investing their money. Yeah, and it's just not there yet. No, as it's, a it's, yeah. technology, it's also bad for the environment. It's yeah. oh yeah, I mean, I mean eat. Uh, what, what's yeah, but the... this is also the Super Bowl. It doesn't not an not an event that seems particularly <laughs> concerned with its environmental impact. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that stadium is gorgeous, though. Mm-hmm. It was. That stadium yeah. is beautiful. Yeah, and and if I'm not mistaken, like not primarily actually paid for by the guy who built it, the owner of the Rams. Uh, very little, if any, taxpayer money went into that stadium, uh, which is nice. Yeah, does not mean that there wasn't any taxpayer impact. Uh, <laughs> but it was, it's a nice change of pace to like stadiums that are like we need. 75% taxpayer input to the stadium so the, the Jacksonville Jaguars will not rest until we get our yeah <laughs> there was yeah. Um, a T-Mobile internet commercial with uh, Zach Zach Braff and Donald Faison it was like a 
like a musical commercial they were singing. Yeah. That one was pretty good. They were singing uh, West Side Story. I, I think so. I don't remember. I feel because it, it was I feel pretty, but it was about like I don't know Comcast or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I felt very. That's the point when I felt the most disillusioned, to be honest, with the broadcast <laughs> with all the commercials because I felt like like obviously the Super Bowl commercial. It's it's a it's four hours of ads and it's all supposed to be pandering, but I'm like you are pandering to me so hard. You you unearthed Zach Braff and Donald Faison to hawk Xfinity fiber optic internet to me and had them sing and like literally sing and dance like goddamn monkeys to try and get me to buy this. Get, fuck off, man! Like I, I, I got I got real annoyed. I got very disillusioned with advertising. The problem is, is as a live sports fan, I get disillusioned with sport with with advertising in general. Because you're exposed to a ton of it if you watch football, uh, and exposed to a ton of it if you watch basketball, and it's all the same shit. So you you get introduced to the whole like State Farm extended cinematic universe, <laughs> and you understand that like we're progressive, and like you understand that, like oh I know who Flo is, and I know who all her friends are. Like it's a, it, it's somebody selling you car insurance. You got yeah. me very upset. Yeah, so, I was. Uh, it's, yeah, I was. I was surprised they started doubling down on some of the commercials pretty early on, like. Usually it's like they don't start doubling down on commercials till near like midway through the fourth quarter or something like that. But there was um it was it was like a, a health commercial. It was like a woman getting a checkup. Um and I saw that like two or three times throughout the broadcast. Some rando car dealer got put on on mine. It was like very local. Like it was like obviously based in for the region, but like Amidst all the like Doritos and and you know Crypto.org and Dogecoin, all that it was just like you know Je- you know Jeff Smith's Allentown Dodge somehow got a commercial <laughs> on there, and I was like, okay, good for you. So I'm going to cop out and say that my favorite advertisement was the halftime show because it was the Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show, uh, and it was uh, really good. Yeah, it, it was, was a really good halftime show. It was a really good halftime show. I really hope they bring all those old fogies back because mm-hmm. I just I loved it. I loved it so much. Yeah. Saw somebody uh, make the point on Twitter. I think it was Roger Sherman from The Ringer who said, uh, "It's like a whole generation of of thirty to fifty year olds are like, finally, they're putting, they're getting rid of all those old guys they always put out that appeal to boomers, and they're putting people who appeal to me." Ah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We we are the 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 Super Bowl target audience now. It's going to be music. Like the halftime show is going to be music for us anymore. And. Maybe- Forget my chemical romance and Fallout Boy next year. If it, yo, if that's happening, I will finally go to something Super Bowl. to appeal to. Fo- <laughs> finally, something on football that appeals to forty-year-old whites. <laughs> uh, any other Super Bowl commercial thoughts or Super Bowl thoughts uh, in general? Did they have a uh, Budweiser Clydesdale commercial? Don't they normally near, have at least near one? the end? Okay. Near the end, I missed it. I don't know what they were doing. It was probably a, the horse like saluting a troop. I don't remember. Exactly yeah. What it was. <laughs> Horse standing on his back two feet and hoof up on his. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, our next question uh, comes from longtime listener Brian Everett. Uh, did you know that teenagers and agricultural workers do not legally qualify to make $15 an hour in New Jersey? I guess the short answer to that is I did not. That, <laughs> I did no, not, that I did not teenagers know that. and agricultural workers did not legally qualify to make $15 an hour. In New Jersey, I, I know I know there's differentiation for like tip, you know, traditionally tipped employees like like restaurant workers. But uh, no, I was not aware that there was a different a, a bracket for teenagers. Mm-hmm. That so, seems silly. So, yeah, like 
I'm like the agricultural workers. I'm more interested in than the, than the teenagers. Like, I'm assuming there's like a teenage yeah, minimum wage, kids. and then <laughs> what's that, Matt? I said, yeah, fuck them kids. Yeah, yeah, they don't they don't need fifteen dollars an hour. No, uh, but I'm just I'm, I'm kidding, obviously. But I'm just like, why like why do agricultural workers not make fifteen bucks an hour? That makes no sense to, or minimum fifteen dollars an hour. Uh, like, well, probably because they're m- majority immigrants. Uh, okay. And uh, we're there. We're looking out for our own. Yeah, they're getting away with it. Yeah, yeah. That's the point. Is that they could get away with paying the agricultural worker who is here on a on a green card or not legal in any way, uh, paying them less money because they're just willing to do it, and they don't care if they have you know people who look like us working in the agriculture area because we're like, oh, we don't want to work. I wonder what the rate is. Uh, it, Brian doesn't specify here in the in the question, but I wonder if it's, I don't know, like 12 uh, 11, 11 or 05. even less than that. 11.05. 11.05. Yeah. yeah. Uh, agricultural workers are guided by a separate minimum wage timetable and are given until 2027 to reach $15 an hour. Employees mm. who work on a farm So they're increasing for... it over the span of the next five years to get to $15? Yeah. Um... Which I, that's what I believe it was by 2025. It was supposed to be $15 an hour for everyone minimum wage. I can't remember the actual date, but that's like, I guess they added it a couple of extra years. Um, employees who work on a farm for an hourly or piece rate wage will see their minimum hourly wage increase to 1105 from 1044. So, I mean, they're, they're getting there. It's it's messed up that they don't qualify for it, but they are getting there. It's just it's going to take longer for well, some reason. Both of those it's a weird and- both of those groups Good. don't vote. Is mm. why. Yeah, it's the other part is that teenagers don't vote. And also it weirdly incentivizes people to get inherently less experienced and qualified people to do their jobs. <laughs> it's like well, I could just get a teenager to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seems like a terrible a terrible uh, incentive to give an employer. Yeah, I mean, look, get kids, get kids work experience. But I mean, Christ, if you get it's like I could hire this 22 year old to to work at my my fast food chain. Uh, fast food chain is always the one that that's an easy cop out. But like uh, working in any retail setting, I guess uh, I could get like a 22 year old to do this. who's actually trying to support a family, maybe or pay their way through school. Or I could get like, you know, a 14 year old who's got their you know work papers from school and you know they don't know what they're doing i'll just pay them you know eleven dollars twelve dollars something like that it's it's that's that's a strange set of incentives to give employers Mm -hmm. uh and so it was the ruling was in 2019 by 2024 15 dollars an hour um so ag ag workers get an extra three years or ag ag agricultural companies get an extra three years um and small employers Seasonal and small employers were given until 2026 for $15. Hmm. Tough scene. It is. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's silly. Tough scene. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on the minimum wage in New Jersey for specifically agriculture workers and teenagers? I don't know. It seems like it should yeah. be higher. It seems like it should be like I'm. I'm generally like I don't. I don't think raising the minimum wage is some sort of magic elixir that fixes the economy and fixes the wage gap. Uh, because employers are employers and will fire people if they can't if they have to pay people more uh, or or automate more. Mm-hmm. But but it seems weird to 
differentiate based on your I don't know the fact that you're a teenager. So, uh, like, it, it seems dumb. So uh, for you two, or by industry, for you two, since um, since you both have kids, uh, did you know that New Jersey employers may pay 18 year olds and minors the youth minimum wage of four dollars and twenty five cents for the first ninety days of employment? So they uh, at for eighteen year olds and what what was the second part of that and and minors the youth minimum oh, okay. wage of four twenty. Well, I'm not I'm not gonna well I'm not gonna let my kid be a minor then. <laughs> like I'm just gonna make them do a different job. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Make sure there's like delivery service yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got, they've got canaries for that shit now, Rich. We just <laughs> make them you know, make them do something else. Yeah. Uh, Babies are the canaries in a cage. Yeah, oh, oh no. yeah, yeah. There it is. Oh, right? no. There's everybody. Rich just, Rich just put a baby in a cage for the purposes of this for this question. I, I didn't. I didn't. I was just connecting. I don't what know. You it really said. sounds like you did. I was connecting mm. what you said. Mm-hmm. Okay. He seems like he took it pretty far there. I don't know if I would have done that if I were you. Uh, next question <laughs> is: Do you cover your eyes during the scary part of a movie? What's what's the point of watching a scary movie if you're going to cover your eyes during the scary part of the movie? Well, if it's not a scary movie, and there's just a scary part. Uh, I mean, no. I don't know if it's like a like the the Sarlacc in the 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 Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Like you just don't like the monster. Like oh my god, the monster's going to come and eat Boba Fett. You just don't like the Sarlacc. But like the rest of that movie, it's not like a horror movie. That's true. What about that part? I mean, I get what you're saying, even though my nerd brain is like the Sarlacc is just a pit and nothing else. Um, but it's just like right, well, the, the Emperor like electrocutes his grandson <laughs> or whatever. I mean, like, yeah. or, when, or, when he's or like, Luke. when yeah. you see his skeleton as he's being electrocuted and everything, like, yeah, I don't know. Like to that me, one. To me, or like I, when Luke finds out that he kissed his sister, like that's terrifying. Oh yeah, I I close my eyes every time that happens. I don't believe in incest. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But nor should you. It's a front to God and humanity. Exactly, exactly. Um, no, I think I I I still stand by. What's the point of seeing a movie in general if you're going to hide during a scary part? Like, no, I don't know. I can't I can't deal with like broken bones. Like if. Yeah, I have a problem with that too. Like I'm just like, ooh, I can't. I can. I will look away at like, like Hostel and movies like that and um, Saw. Mm. Like those those movies, I don't think are scary. It's just gross. Yeah, like I don't need mm-hmm. to see all that. <laughs> I don't need that yeah. in my life. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the surprise is the part of it where you're just like, oh my god, it's gory. Yeah. You know, oh my god, you, bone sticking out of a you know sticking out of skin or something like that. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. I, I don't have any particular interest in scary movies, so this doesn't come up for me during horror movies. Uh, to Rich's point, if you're watching a, a scary movie or a horror movie, you know the the point is the scare. I would think. Uh, but for everything else, yeah, man. Like, I, if there's a particularly scary part, or you sense something scary is coming up, and you just can't get through that one part, but you enjoy ninety five percent of the movie. Yeah, just want to cover your eyes. Go for it. Yeah. Maybe just stop being such a snowflake and be able to take it. I, I, here we I, go. Don't, I don't know. I don't know. I Finally don't know. pulling in another part of the audience here. <laughs> yeah. Damn snowflakes. Covering their uh, eyes. The next. <laughs> yeah. Living off the state. Uh, have you ever lied about being sick so you could stay home from work or school? Yeah. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I, we, I have a certain amount of sick days and I, and a certain amount of like, uh, paid days off. And I don't, I don't know why they differentiate them, but sometimes I just got to be like, oh, I'm sick today because I need a day off. They differentiate them because of the power of shame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, because it is a psychological thing that you won't use. Because I'm the same way. Like, I, I, it depends, depending on the time and period, like, of the, the employer or whatever. Like, if I've got sick days, I'm like, I'm going to say that I'm sick or something. <laughs> like, I've done, I've, I remember clearly twice when I have taken sick time from work when I needed to do something else. And it wasn't like I just wanted to, like, sit at home and, like, play Sega or something. It was like, I was in grad school and I had work to do and I need to finish a project. So I took a sick day to work on that. Uh, and I had taken no other sick days that year. So I'm like, look, it's December. Fuck it. I'm taking, <laughs> I'm taking a sick day. Uh-huh. Um, school. I don't know if I faked sick because I, I was never that good at faking. Like, Oh, I'm ill. 99.1 degree fever. Oh, so never had that. But I- yeah. I, for school, I never really had the push or the urge to not go to class until college. So I never really faked sick until I started going to college. And I was just like, I'm not even going to fake sick. I'm just like, it's 8 o'clock in the morning. I don't want to go to class today. I'm just not going to go. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, it, that's more a detriment to me. I hurt myself more than I hurt anybody else. Um, but when it comes to work, I... Most of the jobs I had, even if they have set sick days, they don't care. So I could just, like, tell them I'm using a sick day. Like, as long as it's not, like, pre-planned more than, like, a week, I could be like, I'm taking a sick day tomorrow. Uh, but yeah. uh, two years ago, um, there was inclement weather. And I, I only know this because I got the time hop notification for it today. But two years ago, there was inclement weather. A lot of the government offices were closed. I was still working at uh, Full Spectrum where I had to, my job was calling government offices and stuff. So I texted my supervisor, hey, I'm not going to be in because I'm not going to be able to get any work done. It's just stupid to come into work with the inclement weather. And I sent it to him. And then I wrote, or if it's easier, cough, cough, I'm not feeling good. (laughs) And then sent that to him and then screenshot it and, and sent it to people that I was telling I'm not going to work. Um. And he was just like, yeah, it's fine. Okay. But yeah, it's generally, I'd never really had to fake sick to use my time off and it's my time. So I don't feel like I have to justify being sick to take time off. Yeah, it is a benefit. Ultimately, all that time off is like, look, it's a benefit. You're getting in lieu of more money. Like yeah. well, That's my philosophy on all that stuff is like, hey, you know, like if you don't want to use it, then don't use it. But like you're, you're essentially throwing money out the window when you don't use it. So yeah, exactly. Hey, man. Whatever you got, personal days, vacation days, use them, man. Yeah, exactly. Use them. Don't. Yeah. I. I think we have this weird culture around using your days off, where it's like you do. You feel shame about it, even if it's for a good reason. You're like, oh, I'm letting my job down, but they don't care. Mm-hmm. They get. They give they'll them to you out. for a reason. Yeah, they'll be fine. There's, yeah. a, there's always the nightmare scenario that, like, I, I don't know if it's instilled in everybody, but somebody tries to instill it in people where you're like, you you are out for more than a day. And it's like, oh, turns out Frank can do his job and Kaznell's job. Oh, well, <laughs> shit. I guess we'll just, well, I, just see you later. Like, but it, it's rarely the case. Yeah. I Anytime I take off with my current job, it's just it's a mad rush to show people quickly how to do my job before I take off. 
Um, and my previous job, it was always just, hey, send it to our third-party company. I'm not actually going to teach you how to do my job, because if I teach you how to do my job, I have less value to this company. So I'm just going to teach you how to send it to somebody else to do it. And you just mm. do it that way. Mm. Just scheming. Exactly. <laughs> playing the playing the game. Yeah. 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 Uh, the next question comes to us from listener Brian Everett. Uh, and it, it's, it appears to be directed to me. Uh, I think he says, I think I might have offended a close friend of mine by sending them Kaz's eloquent, succinct, yet elaborate takedown of Carson Wentz. He is a huge Wentz fan. Now do Simmons question mark? Uh, <laughs> so this is a a reference to Ben Simmons, uh, erstwhile 76ers point guard who did not play for the team at all this year because uh, he is a gigantic baby. Uh, so don't you, don't you mean the uh, the floating dumpster going down Broad Street during the floods? yeah the floating dumpster like oh here's Carson here's here's Carson Wentz and Ben Simmons leaving on the floating dumpster down the flooded Vine Street Expressway <laughs> that was. Uh, Extremely rude, but also hilarious. Uh, yeah, so Ben Simmons got traded last week uh, for uh, James Harden. It was a more it's in, that was the thing is that Ben Simmons alone uh, thought that he he had this immense amount of trade value. Where like I want to go to a place where I'm going to be the superstar and like you know I, I'll have all this value and the team can get whatever they want for me. And they had to package so much other stuff just to get Ben Simmons off the team. Uh, that is is a, a dramatically changed the Sixers roster, but they got James Harden out of it. And uh, look, James Harden uh, is old. Uh, he is older, I guess. He's uh, he's on the tail end of his prime. Uh, but he and Joel Embiid together have the potential to be Kobe and Shaq, which is awesome. And not anything that they had the potential to have when they had Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, uh, which is where they had one of the most dominant, preeminent talents at the center position, one of the hardest working uh, greatest scores, just an immense, a unicorn of a talent at center, and Ben Simmons, because uh, <laughs> Ben Simmons. Are you guys familiar with the saga of Ben Simmons? Before I go into my spiel, go 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 into that a little bit. You don't not not super detail. I don't. I'm not super familiar with it. But so Ben Simmons uh, was drafted first overall by the Sixers. <sighs> It was five or six years ago. I can't remember which draft it was. It was like 2015. And um, and he was drafted first overall. And it was like, oh, my God, we have Joel Embiid. He's been rehabbing this this foot problem for two years. But, you know, people think he's going to be the next Hakeem Olajuwon. Now we got Ben Simmons, a bona fide best player in the draft. And he's, he's seven foot tall. He runs like a gazelle. He's a great passer, you know, great finisher around the rim. He doesn't defend real well right now, but, like, he could get better at that. He just needs to develop a jump shot. Like, if he, if he developed, like, any sort of a jump shot, uh, then, then he'd be, you know, one of the most dominant players in the league. And you know what Ben Simmons didn't do for five years? Develop a jump shot. The dude can't and won't shoot a basketball. Uh, it's, not, it's not clear to me whether or not he can do it, uh, because the only video we really have of him doing it is these, like, Instagram videos of him in the offseason. Like, oh, look, here's Ben Simmons hitting three-pointers. The league's going to be toast now. And then he goes on to shoot, like, four of them over the span of a season. Just doesn't do it. And it's culminated in a, a period of time in the last uh, last season's playoffs when the Sixers were the number one seed in the East. Best record in the Eastern Conference. F- you know, a favorite to make it to the NBA Finals. And they lose in the second round to the Atlanta Hawks, a team who has uh, Trey Young, who's, who's number one. Their best player is Trey Young, whose number one trait is just being an absolute sack of shit. And a, like a, just snot-nosed little shit on the court. Um, but they lose. 
And a big part of why they lose is because halfway through the series, Ben Simmons decides he's terrified to shoot the ball ever, like to do anything on the offensive end. It culminates in a, in a play in game seven of that series. Sixers are still close. They're fighting it out. You know, Joel Embiid is playing on a goddamn torn meniscus and he's still playing and dominating. And Ben Simmons posting a guy up. He's posting up Trey Young. He's got a full foot on Trey Young, right? He's a foot taller than this guy. He's posting him up. He spins around. He beats Trey Young. He has a wide open dunk and he passes it to a player across from him who is defended. <laughs> and he, and he just, you have to watch the video of this if, you, if, if anyone out there has not seen it. It's, it's, you can hear the whole crowd gasp at how blatantly terrified he is of shooting the basketball. You see in the video, Joel Embiid and Seth Curry throw up their hands like, what the fuck, man? And uh, and they go on to lose. And they go on to lose. Now, I should point out that there is uh, ample indication that Ben Simmons has some like bad family shit going on uh, in, within the last year or so. I encourage people to, want, uh, to listen uh, to the ESPN Daily podcast uh, with Ramona Shelburne from back in like July or so where they detail some of the like really like not great family stuff that's going on in Simmons's life that could be distracting him. But here's my problem with Ben Simmons uh, ultimately is he goes on from this series. He says, look, I don't want to play for the Sixers anymore. I want to I want to trade. I want to be traded. Uh, I, I don't want to play for this team anymore. And at some point, Months and months down the road from this holdout after the team is basically like he came back for like a day, like in the middle of the night, he, he came back in the middle. He, he had this holdout for months and months and months. And then he just showed up at the Wells Fargo Center in the middle of the night and texted the general manager and said, hey, I'm here. It was like 10 o'clock at night. Nobody was there. And he just came in to do his COVID test. And and then the next day he showed up at practice and was just like moping around the entire time. And he got kicked out of practice. And then at that point. And this is a bit of a touchy subject because at that point, Ben Simmons says, I am not mentally ready to play for the Sixers. I'm not mentally there. My mental health is not there for it. And it's like, okay, understood. You might be going through some stuff. Uh, and and uh, and look, we're, we'll give you the time, the space. You just got to, you know, here, go, go see whichever therapist you want. And just check in with us every now and then. Here's the problem. And we've talked about this on the show before when it comes to mental health. Uh, is that even if you have a mental health issue, if you're going through a mental health crisis or if you have an ongoing issue with mental health, it does not excuse you from being an asshole, right? Yeah. I mean, it's generally something we go. Mm -hmm. And you can be going through a mental health issue and still not leak to the press that you hate playing in front of the city of Philadelphia. You can, not, you can be going through a mental health issue and not uh, tell your agent to leak to the press that you actually blame Joel Embiid for everything. Joel Embiid, who was playing on a torn meniscus in the middle of the season. You can be going through a mental health issue and just do the bare minimum to, to, to create goodwill between you and, the, and the, the, the team that is paying you $35 million a year. And you can go through a mental health issue and still you – know, the he didn't show up to work and he got paid. He wanted to get paid for it. He just didn't show up to work for six months. He just Jeez. didn't – he didn't go up to show up work for six months. And even if you're going through a mental health issue right now, which I completely understand – you didn't learn to shoot for five years, like five years. You had time. This is a problem that went back years. Just all you need to do is learn to do a thing. Your employers tell you, your, everyone tells you, your coach tells you, your general manager, Hey man, just learn to shoot a ball. Like just learn to shoot a basketball, shoot a guys. I, I know I don't want to get too hardcore into the details here in terms of strategy, but did you guys know 
that the object of the game of basketball is to put the ball through the hoop with a shooting motion? I, I thought it was to go back it's and bananas. forth. It's bananas. I thought it was to go back it's and forth. It's to go back and forth. It's to go back and forth. It's just, just shoot a ball. Learn to shoot a ball. And like it, it, he, he goes in the press and blames the city of Philadelphia for, for like, oh my God, I don't want to play in front of those fans anymore. Those fans. If you watch video of Ben Simmons shooting free throws last year, he was going through an incredible free throw shooting slump during the playoffs as well. It all culminated with him not being able to shoot at all and throw down a dunk. But at the free throw line, the fans treated him like he was like the 13th guy off the bench coming in for five minutes. You could hear it like they knew he was going through the slump and you can hear them like cheering him and like going crazy. Like, come on, Ben, you could do it. There's a guy behind the hoop who's like pantomiming the shooting motion and not in a mocking way. He's like, come on, man, you got this. Like, just just here it is. Just take it easy. Put it in. It, it, just, it, it was it is meant whatever mental thing that Ben Simmons was going through. And I don't doubt that there was some of that. It is a separate issue from him being an entitled asshole, just a complete loser. He also, this is another thing. He also said that the team was too successful for him to thrive in uh, because the argument was, well, you know, look, most people who are drafted number one overall, uh, they go to a bad team where they can, you know, establish themselves and, and, you know, learn who they are and everything like that. But because they had Joel Embiid, the team was, too good off the bat for Ben Simmons to figure out who he was and become a good player. The team was too good. He's just too successful. He had too many good players around him for him to succeed. What a loser. What an absolute loser. <laughs> I am, I, I, I've never been happier to have an albatross off the team. And we had Terrell Owens back in the day. And I have never been happier to see a guy off of this. Of, I, he's just, oh, God. And we got James Harden for him, which is incredible. It's going to be awesome. So, so what this is going to boil down to is eventually he's going to – what's the team he was traded to? He was traded to the Brooklyn Nets. So he's going to go to the Brooklyn Nets, which I'm assuming aren't that great of a team. Um, well, the thing is they were pretty good. They have Kevin Durant, who's one of the best okay. players in the league. But um, but they, they were going through their own thing. The other thing is that the Nets are going through their own thing because uh, they're one of their three best players, Kyrie Irving. One of the reasons that James Harden wanted to be traded from the Nets is because the team's starting point guard, Kyrie Irving, uh, can't play in any games in Brooklyn right now because he's not vaccinated. So okay. he, he's missing half the team's games because he doesn't want to get the jab. So, uh, yeah. But, but yeah, so the Nets are, to, to answer your question, the Nets are underachieving right now, but they've got talent. Okay, so it, it's what's going to happen is uh, it's going to turn into uh, he's just going to suck on any team, but he's going to still complain or blame whichever city he's in. He's got a loser of a, a, an agent and his agent and him are feeding off of each other's loser tendencies. And and the, the Nets play the Sixers on March 10th in Philadelphia. There is a negative zero percent chance that Ben Simmons plays in that game. <laughs> there's no way there's no way he should talk to the city of philadelphia and the best player on the team who played through like a blown out knee in the playoffs last year who played through gastroenteritis three years ago in the playoffs he, he badmouthed everybody associated with the sixers organization in the city of philadelphia who roots for them for eight months and you think he's really going to come back and play in front of that fan base again he's he's no. He's not going to make it out of the like again. I shouldn't joke about that because people throw things at players in the NBA. But he's very he's psychologically he's not going to make it out of the arena that no, night. No, he can't. He There's can't no way he's, he's he's not going to play. There's no chance he's going to play. Uh, but if they play in the playoffs, he's going to have to play then. This is playoffs, so <laughs> that's going to be very exciting. Playoffs. Sean, your thoughts? 
<laughs> I I just echo everything that Matt said. Uh, it, it it just seems like that it it seems to me that he just has not progressed in the way that it he assumed he would, and he's he's searching for excuses. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of wins in him, and to his credit, he's gotten he's become a, an incredible defender. Ben Simmons is not a bad basketball player; like he's still an incredible athlete. He's still a great defender. He's still a great passer. He just can't do half of the game, which is <laughs> scoring the basketball. That's a very important half of the game, guys. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this. There's a promotion that the 76ers do in the second half of games called the Frosty Freeze Out. Are you guys familiar with this? No. no. So there is a uh, <laughs> there is a uh, a promotion that they do in the second half of the game. Uh, they give the fans behind the opposing team's backboard because uh, the backboard see through in the NBA. You can see through it. They give them all these like Wendy's logos to try and distract them. And the promotion is that if anyone on the opposing team goes to the free throw line and misses both their free throws, everybody in the arena gets a free frosty. Uh, and it goes up from there. So, like, if another player does it, they get fries uh, in addition to the frosty. And if another player does it, then they get like a sandwich too. And uh, and so on <laughs> the day of the trade, the Wells Fargo Center uh, puts out the date of the next Sixers Nets game uh, when Simmons would theoretically be coming back to town, and they put three ten twenty two question mark. And the Wendy's Twitter account replies with three eleven twenty two question mark and a picture of a frosty. <laughs> <laughs> the ra- the rare instance of corporate Twitter really uh knocking it out of the park this is very funny he's gonna feed the whole city the next day man uh all right i did i went a long while on that yeah unless you guys have other thoughts i'm ready to move on yeah, no i love it, it. I love it. tell go. your friend it, honestly simmons has a lot of wins in him brian tell your friend that that carson wentz and ben simmons are kind of the same personality as far as guys who are just immensely immensely talented but just with a stark stubborn egotistical refusal to get better at like the couple of things that they need to improve on. And it becomes like a, a prohibitive issue. Like Carson Wentz just refuses to learn to not turn the ball over, refuses to take coaching. And it became so apparent that even if he's got every physical ability in the planet, it became so prohibitively bad that the one or two things that he wouldn't work on have dominated the rest of his talents. And same thing with Ben Simmons. Yeah, man, you can defend anybody you want, but like, look, when it comes to playoff time, all eyes are going to be on you and whether or not you're going to shoot the damn basketball. It's going to come back to that, man. Basically, Brian, what Matt is saying is tell your friend to at Matt, bro. Yeah, at me next time. <laughs> and I won't reply, but uh, but at me. Uh, the next question is, what do you wear when you're hoping to go home with someone? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I wear my autographed Ben Simmons jersey and be like, yeah, man. <laughs> So you can throw it in the trash and just like yeah, yeah, turn yeah. them all hot. And I'm still it. committed. You know, you know how much of a commitment? I'm not afraid of commitment. I'm still committed to Ben Simmons. <laughs> even though he got traded. Uh, what do you wear when you're hoping to go home with someone? <sighs> Clean underwear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got a guy. That's fair. That's a, that's a good one. <laughs> Clean underwear. That's important, man. Uh, yeah. Shoes. Shoes that I can slide on and off. And not yeah. have to worry about tying, so I could just put them mm. on, take them off. Ooh, mm. um, I'm in a full tearaway tracksuit. <laughs> I've I've thought about taking just, those just button pants. Absolutely just... minimize the amount of time, the transition <laughs> time when you get home. But here's the thing: if you're wearing that full tearaway tracksuit, it's going to take forever to actually button that fully back on. So, like, that's not really 
you're trying to leave the next morning or afterwards at all, depending on your style, it might yeah. take a little too long to be able to leave. Well, that's why you wear you, you slide into one of your pockets an accompanying onesie. Okay. So that when you leave at three in the morning, like it sounds <laughs> seems like you're you're inching towards that as the culmination of the evening. And, and uh, you just slide on your onesie and then get out into your car and drive home in like your your Teletubby outfit. And it's definitely not the walk of shame right there because you're not wearing the same clothes you were wearing the night before. So it's only, it's uh, only the walk of shame if you're ashamed of it, man. True, true, true. Um, but yeah, that's I, I. I always try to wear like obviously button down shirt with a nice shirt underneath, not necessarily just a plain shirt. Maybe something with light graphics so that like I don't have to worry about putting the button down shirt on. I could just grab it and leave in the morning or whatever and. Yeah, it's nothing too special. Just clean underwear and clean socks so it doesn't smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look like a rumpled mess, I guess. Yeah. Like, you're just going to wear, like, a polo and jeans or something? Like, just, I don't know. Just run them in the dryer, make sure there are no wrinkles yeah. in it. Like, <laughs> really just, like, it, you don't have to go wild. Like, uh, the answer is not, like, going out in, like, a three-piece Armani suit. Like, it's, it's just dress like you're not uh, – don't go overboard, but look – Look like a goddamn adult. Yeah. That's all. Like, just look like an adult. Honestly, it feels like the bar is pretty low for men. Just look yeah, yeah. a little bit put together. Like you yeah. put some thought into what you put on. Like your jeans, but not like your work jeans. Like maybe not the stuff that you do the yard in, but like yeah. just a nicer pair of jeans. Like a pair of jeans that y- you could it just doesn't have stains on it, doesn't have rips in it. It's not wrinkled, fits you fine. Like... Same thing. Yeah, it's just, just that's what I would wear. It's just something that looks like me and does not look like I'm trying to be somebody that I'm not, uh, but without the requisite stains and wrinkles. Bare minimum. <laughs> Make sure there's no holes in your undies. Um, uh, yeah, it's yeah, it, we, we've we like you said, we have got we as guys have it pretty easy when it comes to that nature. It's not as much. In a sense, what we wear, but how everything else is yeah we don't have any tips on here like uh like any of those like you know seven ways to really get the guy or get the girl (laughs) it's like you're supposed to wear like contrasting colors because contrasting colors reminds them of 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 when they were a child and they felt safe and and, you know it feels safe with you and then they'll be interested yeah or like you know show your muscles off because muscles show that you can protect we're not getting we don't have any of that shit like there's no psychological tricks here just look like a freaking human being yeah and it's it at least for us i believe i've never I've never been in a situation where, like, I met someone out on the street mm-hmm. just at a bar and I was planning to go home with them that night. It was somebody I'd been talking to for a few days or whatever or for a while and knew them. And, like, mm-hmm. the going back to their place or going back to my place was most likely a sure thing. So, I, like, for uh, for me at least, I've, it's never been a, like, I have to do any of these tricks to get them back here. It's kind of a... Well, we're just meeting more as a formality than anything else before we actually do anything else. That would have been a bad night to wear the Ben Simmons jersey because that seems like that that uh, that date was a slam dunk and you would have blown it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you called your buddy halfway through and been like, yo, I got this girl here who uh, really, <laughs> really wants to hang out. It took two tolls to get yeah. here, girl, guy. It, it did. It did. <laughs> Dress up like a mime because it shows her that you're not there to talk. You're there to listen and also that you can lasso a steer <laughs> anywhere you want. Invisible rope. 
Uh, next question is, have you ever kept a relationship a secret? I don't think so. No. I think pretty no. much any relationship I've had, at least like most of the important people in my life have been aware of every relationship I've been in. Which is to say that I've had to notify them on like, you know, a handful of occasions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I've I've never kept anything a secret. I've always openly talked about relationships that I may have been in or was trying to get into or whatever. I've never been like, I'm going to keep this on the DL and I'm not going to tell anybody about it if if, mm. if it happens. I'm, I'm generally, when it comes to potentially being in a relationship and being in one, mm. kind of excited and want to share it with the world that I, I found mm. someone. So <laughs> I don't want to keep it a secret. Mm-hmm. Except for my friendship with Vince. I tend to keep that a little bit of a secret. Yikes! <laughs> Here you go. The familial relationship under the rug. <laughs> Sean, have you ever kept a relationship a secret? I'm trying to think. I I feel like there was one time when I kept a relationship on the DL for a little bit longer than I should have because it was so I I dated my high school girlfriend until uh we broke up my freshman year of college and she was like I don't really care what you do from here on out, just don't date this one girl. She's my best friend. Don't date this one girl. God. <laughs> and then it's, <laughs> it's like painting like a neon sign next to her that says, here you go. Yeah. And so it yeah. ended up that I did end up dating that one girl for a little while. And I think I kept it under wraps for a bit, but then I felt bad. So I had to tell her and she did not appreciate that. Um, <laughs> she gave you one job. Yeah. <laughs> Just one job, Sean. Yeah. Yeah, um, it is what it is. Yeah, but you can't you can't hold me down. <laughs> <laughs> you can't know, rein I, in this stallion. I d- I did just think of one that I didn't really keep a secret. Yeah. I was talking about it, but we kept a secret from her husband. Um. Oh yeah. Yeah, right. that's not my proudest moment. That seems like something that you would, in fact, want to keep a secret from a particular person or persons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't keep it. I, I kept it a secret from her husband. But I also never met her husband, so I didn't really have to keep it a secret from him. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's, um, again, it, I'm not saying it wasn't my, it was my proudest moment or anything, but mm. it, it had happened. It had happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. It did. Mm-hmm. Any other relationships you guys have kept secret? Secret, secret. Nope. Yeah. No. No. Other than that, I think it's been pretty, been pretty open with all of my relationships. Like, there's been times when I've been in relationships with people that I haven't like told people about, but not because I was keeping it a secret. It was just like new. Yeah. 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 Never came up. It's, yeah, it just like, didn't last that long. When when things started off between uh, me and Relentless, like I didn't tell the world about it because it was just a fresh new thing, but that only lasted like two weeks. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, I I like I just I did tell people about it afterwards, but mm-hmm. just it was sometimes it's it's not a secret if it's just because it's new, just mm-hmm. didn't get around to it. It's not. Yeah, it's not really a secret. It's 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 just it hasn't you haven't worked yeah. it into your schedule. I think there's a difference between actively concealing a relationship and just being like, yo, I didn't pencil you in for five o'clock to let you know that I that I'm dating someone new. Yeah. Uh, and to your point earlier, I mean, yeah, it's typically a celebratory thing. You want to share that with with somebody unless, mm-hmm. you know, there's a unless there's a, a an ulterior reason why you might not want the world to know about this particular 
relationship for for whatever reason. Yes, yeah. maybe it's a I don't know. Maybe it's a against the law in your state or something or <laughs> something along those lines. Uh, who knows? Uh, all right. Our final question is uh, not a question. It's of course the game that's sweeping the nation. It's the Antiques Roadshow Cassie. All right, so as always, we will take an item that was appraised on the Antiques Roadshow. We will look at it. We will decide what the item is, what its function is, and how much it is worth. It's, as I said, it's it's sweeping the nation. It's been sweeping the nation for the better part of three years. It's just, <laughs> oh my God. It's like, it's like like the Omicron rave of games. It's just, oh my God, it's never ending and just permeating every corner of the country. All right. Rich, what are we looking at here? We are looking at a set of gold-plated or potentially just flat-out gold. Um, uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, artifacts of sorts. Uh, there are hieroglyphics on all of them, it seems. Um, I don't know. My head is going full-on Egypt when it comes to this, but there's also, like, a flat-out calendar on this. So mm-hmm. I don't really know what this could be. It looks like uh, but it's, a desk set. Like somebody yeah. like it looks like there's like where you put your letters yeah. and there's a letter yeah. opener, a magnifying glass, some bookends. Yeah. A, a calendar. This is some stuff that like the that, that like Jamie Diamond from uh is he Chase? He's JP Morgan Chase. Like one of those guys like has at his home office. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like just like you can't have that in the actual like in his actual corner office because it would look tacky but like he can be as tacky as he wants and just spend his money on dumb shit when he's at home <laughs> uh-huh. and so this is the set that he has at home especially the magnifying glass man yeah yeah magnifying yeah, glass yeah. for sure um gotta read some fine print baby what these actually are they're uh they're the millennium artifacts and they can banish people to the shadow realm <laughs> is what they are yes yeah man that's the only other ulterior option is, is the shadow realm <laughs> banning objects how much do you think that these uh, that these objects are worth, Rich, in total? If they're full gold, I um, I would have to go with. I'm gonna go with probably about thirty thousand. If they're gold plated, I'd have to go with about twenty thousand. Um, I'll 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 go I'll go with the top number of thirty thousand. I'm gonna I'm gonna reach for this. Sean, what do you think? I'm thinking this is worth about seven thousand dollars for no real reason. Mm-hmm. I just think that seems like a good number to me. Yeah, boy, I can't. Im- this seems like one of those, like you said, rigid, like possibly a gold plated rather than full gold thing. Like, because this, this is objectively stupid to have, <laughs> but stupid things are worth a lot of money all the time. Like, you know, as any of those like collectible Millennium coin collections. You have to watch like two of those ads to figure that out. <laughs> I think this is worth like five grand. And I think it is because it, that, that calendar just looks so stupid. Like because <laughs> the, the font doesn't look like it matches. Like it's got all these again to, to paint the picture for the listener. There's all this like ancient imagery on here. Like I, there's like a there's a birds. I think there's a dragon on one of these. But it's just like a magnifying glass for looking at checks. And like I, I guess like a tin of ink to to blot your pen in or your your quill yeah this is this is dumb and this is probably like five thousand dollars all right uh since i did the questions this round how about you two be the brose players this week sean who do you want to be do you want to be guest or appraiser sean i'll be the appraiser all right i'll be the guest 
All right, guys. Action. My grandfather worked for Tiffany's back in the 30s. And one Christmas, there was a Christmas bonus that he received. And what did your grandfather do at Tiffany's? He was a salesman for the stained glass. That's what he sold for churches and sacred items and things like that. You have this wonderful desk set. It's in a very rare pattern. It's called a Spanish pattern. And what's interesting is, when your grandfather was given it, there was a list here of the pieces and the values of the time, which was in 1935. In addition, there's a wonderful card from Joseph Riggs, who was the manager of Tiffany Studios at the time. This was this is the very tail end of Tiffany Studios, 1935. Yeah. I mean, they were virtually in bankruptcy, and they probably had no money to give him a bonus. So this was it. And often they often paid employees with items rather than having to pay them. Okay. Tiffany Studios made about 15 different desk set patterns. They had an American Indian pattern. They had a Chinese pattern. They had patterns that had bronze with glass set in them. They had pieces that had mosaics in them. So it was really quite an undertaking. And some of these sets would have 30, 40 pieces. And what's nice is you have this whole set, which you can see makes quite an impressive display. This is a uh, blotter ends. There would have been a blotter in between this piece and that piece. This is a memo pad. This is a perpetual calendar here. You have this pen tray. This is called a rocker blotter. This is a daily memo pad. This is the letter rack. You have a letter opener, a magnifying glass, an inkwell, and this is a great pair of bookends, which is a particularly rare piece. Really? Somehow, bookends always seem to get separated from their sets. And it's what they call the Spanish pattern. So you have these figures from, looks like Spanish history, sort of Renaissance-looking, grotesque griffins. Most people think of Tiffany in the Art Nouveau style, but he had a range of styles. And these were commercially made things to cover a whole range of different tastes. And people pay a premium for having a complete set like this. In a good shop, this set this com- this set complete would sell for about fifteen thousand dollars. Wow, that's great! Mm-hmm. And the scene for a fifteen thousand dollar Tiffany that's Richie. office set. Yeah, Rich Rich uh, coming in uh, with well, yeah. Why well, no, Han Han? Because Rich said he, Rich, you went with the thirty thousand figure. I went yeah? I went with thirty thousand, so I'm fifteen. Yeah, so Sean over, so Sean so. Hell yeah. yeah! If if yeah. I had if I had stuck with the gold plated pricing of twenty thousand, it would have been me. Mm-hmm. But what a stupid thing! Fifteen thousand. <laughs> yeah, but hey, I, once once I heard once I heard the word Tiffany, I was like, oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be overly expensive. Mm-hmm. Golden daily memo pad. Give me a break. <laughs> Perpetual. Do you have a closing thought or a take? I do not. I fired off a bunch of takes in this episode, so I'm going to refrain from any further. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't have anything that I'm really brewing and sitting on right now. No hot takes. No. Any lukewarm takes? Hmm. Like fair to middling takes. That, not that I can think of. No. No. Hmm. All right. Oh, damn. Hot takes, man. <laughs> Finally, running its course as a segment on this show. <laughs> Look, sometimes People will see some- any of your takes on Twitter, though, Rich. Where can they find you? At B underscore Walnuts. How about you, Sean? At Hey, it's SOB. Uh, Tim Hansen is on Twitter at Tim R. Hansen. And you can follow me on Twitter at MKASNEL. That's M-K-A-S-Z-N-E-L. The podcast is on Twitter at Brose underscore podcast. It's on Facebook at Brose podcast. And it's on Instagram at Brose underscore podcast. You can listen to our show anywhere where fine podcasts are bought and sold. And if you have a question that you would like us to answer on the air, email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. 
That's brosequestions at gmail.com. Special thanks as always to Mary O'Brien for compiling our questions, to Shannon Vogel, who designed our world-famous logo. You can find Shannon's work at Shannon Vogel Photography and Art on Facebook or on Etsy.com. And our theme music is When by Stephen Siebert. You can listen to Stephen's work at the Free Music Archive. Time for some plugs, ladies and gentlemen. Rich, what's going on with streaming and, and podcasts and the like? Uh, check out twitch.tv slash b underscore walnuts for uh, video game streaming Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and sometimes Fridays when I have the time. I am now affiliated, which means I get ad revenue, and you can subscribe for some awesome emojis and stuff, so you should definitely check it out. Uh, you can also go and check out onequest.com for um, both of our shows, PodQuest, the weekly nerdy talk show, as well as bonus action, where me and Sean and a bunch of other friends play Dungeons & Dragons. Mazel tov on affiliate status. Do you get custom emojis now with your beard and everything? I am having some made by friend of the show, Jenna Klein. Mm. So, yeah. Ooh. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting yeah. some custom emojis. I commissioned her to make me some emojis. And Sean, when you're not on uh, the bonus action podcast, you also throw Frisbees online. I'll throw on Frisbees at OB Disc Golf everywhere except Instagram, where it is OB underscore Disc Golf. I co-host the Taste Fakers music podcast with my brother Alex Casnell. We're actually in a small break. We, we, were, we were breaking off season one and getting ready for season two uh, because we have a lot of work to do on season two. And we're going to take a, a little bit of time to work on that. But look, we got eight hour, eight episodes. It's over 14 hours of content uh, on the Taste Fakers podcast. If you're interested in ta- seeing how we take two seemingly un- unrelated albums and find a way to link them together. And look, I'll give you a sneak preview of, uh, of what's going on in season two. Look, if you've ever thought, hey. I hear a similarity between Cindy Lauper and Bad Cop, Bad Cop, a, a, a punk pop band. Whoa. I mean, who, who does that? Who connects those two? Who connects those two? How about uh, the drummer from Benny Goodman's jazz band and Black Sabbath? Huh? Gene Krupa and Black Sabbath? The fuck is wrong with us? We're going to do it, man. That's coming up in season two of Taste Fakers. Uh, once it, we'll let you know when season two comes out. But in the meantime, go check out season one. Eight episodes worth. Uh, it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. It's great work. And I'll also let you guys know about our friends at the Anchor Persons Podcast. If you would like to take a few minutes, a couple hours, and laugh at the, uh, the, the hilarious thing that journalism has become, Greg and Gene Person from Anchor Persons are, are the people who will help you with that. They do great segments on all of the news that you didn't know you needed, that the mainstream media is afraid to cover, like food crime, Estonian sports, Spanish art restoration. They also take two seemingly unrelated news stories and find how they're connected. Uh, we did not steal their idea, I promise you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but it's, it's a great program. Great puns, great wordplay, great friends of the show. If you are, if you enjoy our brand of humor, you're going to enjoy the Anchor Persons podcast, uh, available weekly on all major podcasting platforms. All right, guys, that's it. Say goodbye to the gentle listeners. Bye. For Tim Hansen, Rich Sweet, and Sean O'Brien, and the entire Action Moves team. Move. My name is Matt Casnell. Reminding you all to be smart about being stupid. Hell yeah. Okay.